Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Create a Life You Love, the podcast, where we dive deep into the stories that shape us. In today's episode, we're joined by a remarkable guest, Jake Kent. Jake's life story embodies transformation and growth. He's a seasoned sales professional and an advocate for personal development through unconventional paths. In this episode, Jake's going to share his profound journey with us through the realms of plant medicine and breathwork, revealing how experiences dismantled and redefined his identity, relationships, and career. So sit back and join us for a story of courage, awakening, and the powerful lessons that Jake now brings into his life and his approach to high-ticket sales. It's a conversation that promises to enlighten, inspire, and maybe even challenge the way you think about success and spirituality. So sit back, tune in, and let's get ready to embark on this transformative journey with Jake. Yeah, man, for sure. So, uh, well, I guess over the past three to six months, or let's extend that a little bit further out, uh, you know, since last year, went through a, a massive evolution inside of my life. And a lot of that was due to, uh, a lot of it was due to plant medicine. Um, and I would say that that was due to my soul or my calling, or I, I don't know, man, I'm a, I'm a super like logical guy, but I would say, uh, now that sometimes like our souls kind of call us into, into our purpose at the right time. And that happened for me about uh, two years ago now, uh, maybe, maybe a year and a half ago and plant medicine kind of really was the catalyst that that woke me up with sitting with ayahuasca, some other medicines, and also breath work. Uh, what happened is that destroyed everything in my life. Everything that uh, was foundational to my identity, who I believe myself to be, my success, uh, my <laughs> everything that that kept me in this safe little square, even though I was comfortable with kind of pushing, pushing my boundaries. And really made me take a look at who I was going to be in this next chapter, because I had no identity binding me anymore. My relationship of, you know, four years that was part of my identity was evaporated like that. Uh, my two businesses that I had that were part of my identity, part of my success evaporated just like that, uh, completely unexpected. And I was faced with making a, a massive evolutionary jump for myself, psychologically, physiologically. And so during that time, my, I started to really ask myself, if I'm going to evolve into this next thing, what am I going to evolve into? And I chose, I am going to be the part in my language, but the baddest motherfucker <laughs> that I ever can be. Um, I'm going to be the most, you know, dominant. And I don't mean that in like this kind of red pill, uh, masculinity type way, but like, I'm going to be the best version of myself that I can absolutely be. I'm going to step into every single one of my callings, no matter how much it scares me, how much it terrifies me, no, how, no matter how inadequate I feel, I'm going to put in the time, I'm going to put in the work and I'm going to become truly excellent at everything that I do. So uh, a lot of that on the work side for me, because it is a big part of my life has been around really learning how to do behavior change inside of human beings. And for me, that translates into sales a lot um you know high ticket sales how do we how do we get someone in the state and ascend their identity within a short period of time from 
from fear or the things that are constraints for them into this is what I've always wanted to do. I've been scared. I'm ready to pull the trigger because I know I need to. So that's been a big focus of my life, uh, getting people to make decisions that are in their best interest. And alongside that, because it's a spiritual journey, doing the same for myself. Spirit, sales is perhaps the most spiritual thing I've ever done in my life. And uh, it is a direct reflection and mirror to myself at all times. So I'll give you that to go off of. There's probably 40 different yeah, kind of conversations you can start. So there's a lot to dissect there for sure. I find it interesting though, how like you got into high ticket sales and you see it as a mirror of yourself as you were trying to grow and you found it like it was a spiritual journey for yourself. And now you're trying to take your lessons into sales. And I, like, I don't know how to make it tap more into that, but maybe you can even, maybe you could use it, like use an example of how, how that kind of works. And like maybe an example of what you're selling, because it's a different approach than what I'm normally used to hearing, especially from the sales process. For sure, for sure. So for me, I say that every single conversation is, is spiritual because first, uh, here's a tenant that I do believe. And you, you have heard me say everything that you do is or every, no matter, <laughs> sorry, messed it up. How you do one thing is how you do everything. And I believe yeah. everything is truly spiritual. The crap on the side of the street is equally as spiritual as the monk meditating up on the mountain because they are all manifestations of, of uh, consciousness and they are all parts of this world. If we believe, um, if a person believes God, source, energy, whatever, it is all interlinked, it's all interconnected. And that's part of my belief system. Maybe don't, other people don't believe that, but taking that down into the you know, the microcosm of sales. Here's the way that I honestly see it, right? Every single conversation is like me staring into the multiverse version of me. <laughs> you know, like every conversation I have with somebody, whether they're my age, 10 years older, 30 years older, younger than me, are reflections of what my life could have been, might be. And I get to actively look at what is driving a person's behavior someone who is very similar to me because we are all so similar in the things that we truly want the things we need the things we're searching after we're so similar more alike than we are different so i get to look at these individuals with no judgment but truly listening to them what is driving their behavior for better or for worse and ask myself if I continue my current behavior, does it lead me to the same type of destination that they are at? If I don't change my behavior, does it lead me to the path that I want? Where am I lying to myself? Where am I honestly seeking truth? Am I willing to take the uncomfortable road of development of the spiritual warrior, no matter the cost, seemingly like of my ego? whether that is my attachment to money or it is my attachment to a specific relationship and instead say, I was born. I was born for a specific purpose and I'm going hell or high water because that is my design. That is what I'm meant for. And every single conversation, I get to see an individual in a different part of their life, a different season that's made a culmination of choices, that's let certain operating systems dictate their life 
most people. And sometimes it gets them to what they want. Other time it prevents them. Definitely. Yeah. So I see where you're going with this. It was like an internal journey for yourself to really understand who you are. And then in a sense, now you can bring that out, in, excuse me, in other people. I'm just 100%. want to simplify it. But let, let's, um, let's take a step back here because you talked about a few different things about how your journey shifted. Talked about sure. you did plant medicine and I know breath work was also a big part of it. So what were you doing though prior to all that stuff? And like, was there a specific like infliction point that happened in your life that was like, okay, I got to stop what I'm doing. I got to pause, you know, and I got to re, you know, reevaluate what I'm doing with my life. And then what happened after that? I'm assuming that led into the plant medicine, the breath work. And the last thing I'll just mention, because you did mention there's a four-year relationship. So maybe you can touch on that. But I'm curious to know what you were doing before all that. Like I checked out your Instagram and stuff. And I know you're into a CrossFit. And prior to that, it was photography. But that's where it kind of ended. And I'm imagining like before all that, there was a lot going on that kind of drove you to where you are now. Oh, for sure. Well, there, there's a grand story. Um, I guess I'll start. <laughs> we all have grand stories, right? Yeah, it's not that mine. Like it's particularly grand. Yeah, uh, yeah. Go into like, you know, every single, you know, little detail, if you will. <laughs> but I think it's important to understand like where you were before. And then sure. you had some kind of inflection point. You had this transformation. And then where you are now, it, it's yeah. a good kind of a journey to share. A hundred percent. Yeah. So I guess it's, I should start, you know, with when I was in the womb. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, so, you know, prior to that, that evolution or transformation, you know, I spent probably about four to five years of my life building a media agency. So when you see the photography, um, that was those pictures, like on my Instagram or were a way that I would communicate. And for me, you know, telling stories, communicating has always been something that has been important. So I spent four to five years building a, a media agency where the design of it was that we were going to, we were going to essentially take the best of marketing and sales theory and apply it to the best of storytelling. So that way, every piece of content was driving people to action. So in a way, it's it's still like you know I'm evolving and, and still the same things that I I've always cared about. But you know, for five or five or so years, I was building that. Um, and, and what led to that evolution was the fact that after five years, I had, I was making more money than I had ever made before. Uh, and I had achieved certain kind of threshold markers in my own intern, internal schemata of like what success and what happiness should look like in terms of financially. And I wasn't happy. In fact, I was getting more depressed. I was having thoughts that I haven't had since I was a teenager and very unhealthy mentally. Yes. And I was like, I don't know what's going on here. I am making more money than I've ever made and more than I ever thought I would ever make, more than my family has ever made in my entire life. I am in a relationship with somebody that I love, somebody that's beautiful, uh, somebody that I, I really, really care for. Um, I have a beautiful like home that's peaceful. Um, my body is healthy what's going on yeah it sounds like everything is, is too good to be true almost i mean it was an interesting time right and i knew i've never been a fan of uh of you know big pharma or and and i think that certain interventions are necessary with medication but 
I never wanted to use medication to dull my, to dull my, I shouldn't say that that can be condescending to, to alter my mind, to not truly give me feedback of where I was, right? Like how I was feeling about the world. So I, were you on some kind of uh, medication or something? I was not. And I, I refused to go on medication. I've always seeked alternative sources of medicine. Um, you know, in my youth, through my teens, I used acupuncture, which helped me a lot. Um, and, you know, this, this last evolution, right before I sat with plant medicine, like things were getting worse. And I said, I'm like, I'm not going to use medication. I'm not going to go on antidepressants, SSRIs, things like that. What else can I try? And, uh, ayahuasca came up in my, uh, kind of on peripherals. And I started to research it and I was like, I do not want to do this. But for some reason, I felt compelled to book a call at a center and I got yeah, off. Yeah, sorry, Jake. I just want to interject for a sec. So at, at that point, like you were had all these amazing things happening in your life, but you were going through obviously a depression. You were feeling um, like you weren't fulfilled or something was missing, obviously. Were you doing anything else just at that point to help kind of alleviate that? As a, You know, you talked about not doing pharmaceutical medication but i'm just curious like did, did you try anything else like were you trying meditation did you try going to a counselor like was there anything else or was it just boom just to jump to this integration with like plant medicine in your case ayahuasca sure uh so for me i had i believe that i try things over the past 10 or 15 years of my life i had figured out a way to keep things at bay metaphorically, uh, instead yeah. of taking medication. Okay. So I had, you know, mindfulness practices. I was very rigorous with my diet. Uh, I was very rigorous with, um, with my, my sleep schedule I was very rigorous with routine because I know that I need routine for my mind to stay healthy and exercise. So for me, um, you know, this was never truly diagnosed, but after really looking at my family history and, and what my symptoms were, I was diagnosed young, younger as having depression. I think it actually was closer to like a mild form of bipolar because I would have these massive swings and oscillations um, of how I felt from depressed to, to um, you know, what, what some may say is, uh, for, I forgot the term, uh, mania. Um, but so to answer your question, yes, I had those practices in place that kept everything at bay and kept me, uh, instead of like massive oscillations, just like minute little fluctuations from baseline, yeah. but it wasn't working anymore. Like there was you, this you were controlling everything in the sense, and it sounds like that was your thing. You were able to keep everything in control and you, and in return, you thought that everything was like going to be okay, but it it's funny how you use that um like that analogy where everything was kind of like this right it's kind of like a heartbeat though right how it's like very monotone right like it just it's just <laughs> you're just existing almost there's none of this right yeah none 100%. of the excitement stuff it's really fascinating yeah that's exactly what i had to do to my life and and it was it had to be very rigorous in order to keep myself in that that plane of like I guess, homeostasis, if you want to call it that versus yeah. allowing myself to experience these things and also have grace for it. Um, which is a big difference now. Like I, you know, there's times I feel like shit. <laughs> there's yeah. times I don't feel good, but 
uh, I would I would say uh, one I don't necessarily this is controversial I guess but I don't really believe in depression anymore you know for myself I I don't I don't yeah I just don't I I think that there are mental strategies emotional strategies spiritual strategies that may lead a person to um, circle and spiral down right. or to you know kind of circle and spiral up and we have to actively choose which direction we're going to go into no matter how hard it feels like but that's like a that's a mental a mental muscle we've got to we've got to choose that and it's hard at first like it's so hard but it's was, necessary was there anything during that time and we're going to get to the plant medicine journey is there anything during that time though that like i said was that that specifically happened that was like the catalyst to be like oh i got to make changes or is this accumulation of everything because it doesn't sound like anything specific was actually like it wasn't some big trauma there wasn't some big incident that you've shared so far it sounds like you were just kind of rolling with your life you know you had the yeah. good job you had the girlfriend you're eating well you were healthy so i'm trying to understand like what was the trigger for you sure. the exact trigger moment was i had made a certain amount of money i had all of these things that i always said that i wanted and uh i remember a specific day i was at home working i was looking at my computer and i had a thought that was like i should just kill myself and that was reminiscent of when i was a teenager i was suicidal tried attempted it was in a very unhealthy place and i had successfully mitigated all of this stuff for better part of a decade and there was more and more stress bubbling up like work was really stressful there was stressful things in my relationship and i just remember having that thought like why don't you just kill yourself like what would that be like and i was like whoa i haven't had that thought in over 10 years i don't like that i know where this route leads we've got to address this so mm -hmm. i decided to be more proactive this time uh with finding a solution okay so now we're getting to the next phase which i'm assuming is when you uh sorry you, you met someone or you went to a seminar uh, where you were introduced to the plant medicine so my ex-girlfriend had uh been talking a lot about ayahuasca okay. and she suggested i look into it and from there i decided to watch some documentaries of course yeah. check in what it was about and and from there yeah i booked a call with uh with a center you know that was facilitating ceremonies and um states where you were or was it somewhere else uh, i was rivian so down in costa rica okay amazing <laughs> of course yeah. yeah i was that's where i went in april so that's why i'm just like it's funny how it's like rivian seems to be a place of healing for so many people for sure, for sure. You know, it serves its place in the in the world and, and what we're what's happening with ayahuasca. You know, it's it's a great place of transformation for people, I think, in the Western world that are starting to dabble into that that space. You know, it's uh yeah, they, they do a good job of, of kind of bridging that gap. What year was this for you? Like when we when did you go? I went the last week in January of 2022. Okay. Oh wow. So, so this is just last year yep okay yeah so continue so, so you end up going to rhythmia and then what was the journey like from there hard hard i mean everything so 
if you went to Rhythmia, uh, you probably remember this, but if anybody has not, you know, so you, you do a full, well, I think three to four ceremonies during your week there. And as you leave in the van, you know, they're taking you to the airport and a video comes on and it says like, you know, you may be wondering like what you need to do right now in order to change your life. But the fact of the matter is that you've changed. And because you've changed, the world around you is going to change. The energy, the way things respond and, and kind of interact with you is going to be different. So you don't have to do anything. You get to sit back and kind of watch. <laughs> and I remember watching that and being like, yeah, I don't know about that. And 20 minutes later, I get a message. Well, excuse me. So so I'm on my way home and uh, I had two messages, like two things internally I knew I had to do. One is I needed to set better boundaries with one of my, uh, my main clients at my job because um, it was not a healthy relationship, work relationship. And I needed to set some boundaries with my now ex. So I was like, I'm committed. I'm going to do both of these things. And as I'm typing out the message to my, uh, my, my client, I get a message from him. I haven't talked to him in a week. It's my first vacation I've ever taken off of work in five years of working with this person. And he says, we're no longer working together. So instantly, you know, one of my businesses literally goes from, um, you know, doing over six figures a year to nothing pretty much. Like there was some revenue, but basically nothing. So I'm like, okay, here we go. Um, I don't know what to do about this, but just like, let's surrender and kind of watch what happens. Uh, and then a couple months later, my other business, which was bringing in a good amount of money, failed, uh, like with one email. So I'm like, okay, cool. So now I'm at zero money coming in the door. This is great. I went from making the most money in my life to nothing. And then two weeks later, um, my girlfriend, who things I, well, I thought were great, <laughs> shows you how much I know, um, is like, yeah, uh, I, I met this guy. And um, basically, I, I met this guy. I want to break up. I'm moving in with him within like two weeks. Oh my god! Um, so it was. This is right after you coming out of your week long experience at Rhythmia, right? That's that's what happened over the next four months. Yes. Okay. So okay. business one fails immediately. <laughs> business two fails about like two and a half months later, and then another month or so later, yeah, my relationship fails. So, how did you feel about all that i'm just curious like not now so much but back there when you were going through it and just in relation to the experience you had at rhythmia because it, it's obviously a life-changing experience being there alone you see a lot about who you become right you're trying to merge yourself back to your soul if you will and you're coming out of that and i know from my own experience i was coming out of that on a pretty big high i was feeling like more connected with myself than ever and i didn't come back and and have all those things happened that happened to you in your life. So what, what, what was going through your mind? Like, what were you feeling inside? Well, as you correctly identified, everything in my life was before Rhythmia was about controlling it. Mm -hmm. And control, you know, one of the biggest messages I think we all take away uh, uh, from a plant medicine journey is you can't control things. <laughs> You're along for the ride. So uh, surrender is a big word inside of that community. And it was an active uh, meditation of constantly surrendering. That being said, uh, I did a fairly good job of surrendering or 
watching it happen and choosing into that process with both of my businesses kind of collapsing and saying, okay, something is coming. I'm going to trust this. It's going to be okay. With my girlfriend and that breakup, that was really hard and uh, very traumatic for me. And by traumatic, I mean, I interpreted it in a traumatic way. It was very difficult. You know, there was, there was times uh, where I did not want to be alive. Like I just, I was in constant, like I was just in constant pain. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I couldn't this, I couldn't that. Um, and I had over and over, over and over the thoughts. Like if I knew this is what was going to happen, if I went to go sit with ayahuasca the first time, because <laughs> it felt like it was all linked. Like my life started just like, falling apart immediately after um i was like if i knew this was going to happen i don't think that i would have taken this journey because oh, it was just bang bang like getting punched in the face over and over and over for like months on everything that mattered to me everything that was my identity everything that i was proud of that i wanted was being like dredged out of me like pulled from me and What's the natural thing that happens to human beings when something is taken away from them? You try to grab on tighter, you know, right. and that 100% happened to me. Um, so it was very difficult. And it's, you know, it's, uh, there's sayings, right? Like where, you know, in the end, you'll be so much happier that all of these things happen sooner than later. But I can guarantee during that time, I was like, hell no i'm not glad and i never will be right. but in retrospect right there's there's still pain there's still marks on my heart and on my soul about that but it did serve to transform me into what i truly believe is the best version of me that i have ever been and um i mean all aspects of my life not only like financially things went up above where they ever went you know my health with my own body mind soul is better than it's ever been um so it has been a beautiful transformation but it came at a cost and i would never ever like tell your audience or anyone that it's easy because it's the hardest thing that you'll ever do it's worth it in my opinion but it is it can be the most painful thing that a person ever goes through which which is what specifically just as a, an evolution like a oh, I see. a catalyst in your life you know where things start falling apart and you truly start to become yourself you know it's part of right. the hero's journey where things collapse yeah and you need that though i feel like you need that to go through those pains and, and to have those experiences to learn truly about yourself and who you are because otherwise you know, if everything is just going on, on a upward trajectory, you're never really going to be tested, right? You're never really going to be on the grind. You're never really going to face yourself. And I feel like going to Rhythmia, working with plant medicine is a big part of that as well. It's just the opportunity to face yourself and it shows you, as they say, shows you what you need, not necessarily what you want. That's and I'm curious true. now, so or, or, so after after you came back that four months, was that the end of your plant medicine journey? And where does, well, I know where this fits in, but we, talk a little bit about where does the, the breath work come in, into the picture? 
So uh, question one was like, where, where does plant medicine sit inside of my life now, right? Well, um, well not too it's like, because you said 40, I'm sorry, you said four months, you're, like that's when a lot of that stuff accumulated. And then what was, the, what was the next step for you? Like, how did you kind of pull yourself back out of that? And what lessons were you learning through that to get yourself, um, you know, back into the next chapter? So what, just to, to reiterate, uh, like what, how did I pull myself out of the kind of the dark hole? Like yeah. what, what had to happen? So, I mean, breath work was a portion of it. Um, and it definitely allowed for some somatic release of the emotions that played a big role. Um, the big parts that, the big things for me were, were a couple of things. So first was service to other people when uh, things aren't going well, or even when things are going well, one of the best ways that we can actually feel joy is by giving to others, by helping others. And breath work, that, was, that became my main way of giving back. Every single week I was leading classes here locally and they grew and grew and grew and grew and grew and, grew and you know, did it straight for about a year. Uh, and, watched a lot of people in their journey of healing just find peace, acceptance, uh, integration of parts of themselves. So that was a very healing thing for me to watch um, other people go through this process, but also to take something about my pain, to take something from my oh. past and to, to use that energy, whether it was anger, hate, rage, sadness like any of these emotions that are uncomfortable to feel and use that as fuel for good right because the the metaphorical difference between the hero and the villain in any story is actually what they choose to do with what they what has happened when they've been hurt like the hero says i'm never going to let this happen to anybody else the villain says the world hurt me i'm going to hurt it back Right. So, you know, for me, breath work played that role of like, hey, I'm going to help other people because I feel hurt. Um, so that was a big thing. And then the other side of it was that I knew that if I was going to go through this level of pain and like take the journey, not try to numb it with alcohol, drugs or anything, but if I was truly going to accept it, you know, uh, in Fight Club, Tyler Durden says like, you know, as he's pouring like lie on somebody's hand and he has a chemical reaction it's bubbling up his skin he says you know the other guy is like trying to escape the pain he's trying to go to his happy place and he says you know this is the best moment of your life and you're missing it the moment of pain where you see who you are and i was like if i'm going to do this i'm going to face every single fear that i have i am going to become the best version of myself and yes. I'm going hell or high water. So that transformed my life, like through sales, you know, it sounds like it's just work. Um, when I say sales or, you know, high ticket sales, but to me, it truly is a spiritual craft. Like it is what I do now to change my life and change other people's life. So those two things were really the big, um, ways that I moved through that. Yeah. I love that. I love how we just kind of came full circle too and how you brought it back to the sales and kind of like your purpose. Um, but I, I want to just ask you this question because uh, like looking back on it all now, and you said like, 
when you came out of the experience uh, arrhythmia, looking back on it, you were like, oh, I don't think, uh, you don't think you would have gone because of all those things that happened. But when, if I ask this question now, when you look back on it, what does your mind say? Like, would you not have gone or are you happy that you went? You want the honest answer? Yeah, of course. Looking back, I know it was necessary, but if it was, and if someone presented me with the, if someone presented me with the two choices before and was very explicit about it, like, hey, you can continue on this path and things are going to go in this direction, or you can take this, like, you know, you can sit with plant medicine, you can go on this journey, this is what's going to happen and it's going to be great. I honestly don't think that I consciously would have chose that option I'm just being honest because i don't think that my conscious mind would have been ready to face what was going to have to be faced oh, that's, that's that being said because uh whether whether it happened to me for me um you know maybe like, you know my my spirit was called into it and it said it's time i'm extremely grateful that it happened but it has left its marks, right? Like, you know, um, I think that like we, we often can look at a story of a warrior or a hero or somebody that's taken the journey and, and look at the rewards or the things that have come from that path and say like, wow, that's amazing. I would do that. But we also perhaps one-dimensionalize that, that person and forget that 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 story that journey did leave scars mm -hmm. and i'm not painting myself as the victim but it has left pieces of me that like you know have, have scars right from from the battle and that's okay right it's okay i love those scars now yeah. but they are there and I am grateful that I took the journey. I'm grateful I didn't have a choice. <laughs> so um, was it worth it? Yes. I don't know if I consciously would have chose to take the journey if I knew it was going to entail though. Do you ever reflect on like how you feel now versus how you felt prior to going to, uh, to Rhythmia? Because obviously you were in a dark place and I'm curious, like how does that compare to where you're at now? Oh, it's, well, it's, it's phenomenally better. Um, yeah. It's, it's mm -hmm. something that I do see those differences. But you know, the interesting thing, this is like part of human psychology is like, we always reflect on the good of like the past and we forget about the bad a lot of times. Like we, we get no, that's nostalgic. Yeah. The bad is where you learn so much about yourself, right? Yeah. Those are when the, like, you can learn it and when good stuff is happening as well. But through my own experiences and my own past, I think where I went through my most challenging times is where I've learned the most about myself. Well, what would you say is like your most challenging time? Oh, <laughs> you're going to flip it on me now. Well, I'm curious. Yeah. You know, my story is not too, too different from yourself, to be honest. Um, but I would say probably from the age about 18 to 24, 25, 26, 27, <laughs> in that kind of time frame. I dealt with a lot of things um, that definitely changed my trajectory. And 
you know, my own plant medicine journey and my own self-development journey didn't happen until let's say it started in about 2015, 2016. And then I didn't even like plant medicine. I, I, I just, you know, I've, I've dabbled with psilocybin and mushrooms in the past, but ayahuasca, I just tried a month ago or two months ago now, wow. right? I'm 47. So it's like, so a lot of things that you're saying is just very relatable. And, you know, when we started this podcast, to be honest, I wasn't sure where it was going to go, but I'm really happy with uh, where it ended up. And I think your story is probably not so far different from a lot of other people right? Having a career, having a job, you know, having the money, right? Even having the girl, like everything looks great on paper, but inside it's like, you know, something's off and something's missing. And that whole journey you went on, like, I don't know, man, it obviously transformed you. And it seems like you're doing a lot more service now for people, even through your job with sales. Like the breath work obviously speaks for itself, but I question, or I wonder if you were to continue on that same path, like, would you even have had the opportunity to find breath work and to service people in this other way it's uh yeah it's, life's an interesting ride isn't it <laughs> it, it sure is and to that point right like if i could you know paint the picture before it was just like it so if i look at myself after What's and that? it kind of makes makes sense of um of things before like I was always clawing and trying to like remove all of this shit internally. Like, cause I, I always kind of knew what my purpose was. Like, if I look back now, now that it's super clear, it is crystal clear. It's squeaky clean. I always was chasing this same thing that I am still pursuing. That's my purpose, but it was covered by muck. It was like trying to scrape all of this stuff off and because of that, I had a dirty picture of like what I, what I should be doing. Like, it's like trying to navigate with a compass, but there's muck all alongside it. And you're like trying yeah. to like, you know, wayfind, but you can't even see the compass. Yeah. And, you know, so would I have gotten there? I think that I would still have been searching to find it, but doing all of that work, cleaning all that off, cleaning the yes. compass metaphorically, it was just like, oh, everything that I have done for the past 30 years of my life has been in trying to go in this direction, but I just couldn't see. Yeah, I totally and, relate to that. Yes. Yeah. It's so it's, it's right? you look back at your life and I've been reflecting on this a lot. So I've been using this word synchronicity quite a bit. I even right. shared a little bit this morning online and I look back at all the things that happened in my life, the good and the bad, and how I feel like I've also just been pushed in a certain direction. And a lot of times I was pushing back and I didn't want to let myself go in that direction. But it, 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 looking where I am now, it's almost like it was inevitable. Right? It's mm. just like, and like you said, like the muck, or I, I like to use the analogy of like carrying bricks in a backpack with you on this journey. And at some point, and I guess maybe you can relate to this, it's like you put down that backpack and you just keep going on the journey. And you just feel so much cleaner, like you're saying, or lighter. Like it's just it's such a beautiful, profound experience. Hundred percent, it is, and I'm I'm really excited for, uh, you know, your for my journey to continue. I'm also excited for yours, you know, because, uh, you. you know, not not to talk down, but like being a, only a couple months in, it's like, you know, they they say right, like you're integrating this stuff for a year, and and I don't know about you, but like you know, after a month or two, I was. For me personally, I was like, you know, 
no, I've kind of like integrated it all. Like I've, I've got the message and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But looking back, you know, over a year now, I'm like, wow, no, like really like you integrate this stuff over a long period of time. And I'm excited for, for your journey and how it changes you from the inside out, the decisions that you make, the trajectory changes in terms of your relationships, in terms of your work, because you know, going back to that thing, bringing it full circle again, how you do one thing is how you do everything. How you show up on this call is going to be how you shows up in your, you know, romantic relationships, how you show up in your work and your relationships to it is going to be how you show up to the person that you get coffee from, you know, and that's, that's the beautiful work is like you and I, and everybody else that's, this is kind of cheesy, but waking up to these truths has the opportunity to truly do good in this world. And all that it takes for evil to prevail is for good men and women to do nothing. So it is our moral imperative to bring this, in my opinion, to bring this into every single part of our life, every single conversation, every single step we take. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So let, let's just, um, I have a few notes here and we'll just kind of reflect a little bit on the conversation, some of the lessons that popped up. Um, and then we'll kind of top it. So what I've got here is a few different things and you can kind of chime in as well, but it seems like for someone going through any type of transformational journey and getting to a certain part in their life, they have to recognize the fact that they have to let go. And it sounds like you have to let go a little bit of control, right? For you to kind of extend, you know, your reach a little bit to, to going outside your comfort zone, if you will, and trying different modalities to kind of heal yourself and continue on your journey, which brings me to the next point, which is awareness. And obviously when you're having those certain thoughts, that awareness kicked in, right? That you're having suicidal thoughts, you've been down this road before, you knew you had to do something about it. You didn't just kind of just kind of suppress it. My own experience again, I've been there where I just kept suppressing, suppressing, suppressing to the point where I finally had to do something about it as well. And I think the last, well, there's two last things. One is acceptance. And I think that's a huge thing in any chapter of your life is understanding that you can't always change what's going on, but you can accept it and come with acceptance, comes with a lot of clarity. And the last part is just basically, which is, again, a little cliche, but it's just taking that darkness, those dark times and being able to transition it into light for other people. And I feel like that's kind of my reflection. Like that's what I've taken away from this conversation with you and your journey. Would you say that's kind of a good kind of uh, summary, if you will? I think if it's a good summary for you and what you take away, then it's absolutely perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll, yeah. I'll leave two more personal nuggets. And this is just stuff that I'm thinking about. If it connects sure. with somebody, great. If not, uh, they can throw it out. Um, but one, surrender was a really hard concept for me because I was used to controlling everything in my life. And it changed. It became much easier when someone reframed it for me. Surrender is not giving up. It's not the warrior on the battlefield saying like, I give up, it's over. Surrender is actually melting into something greater than oneself. It's allowing yourself to lower your boundaries so that way you can actually become part of something greater. That was big for me. And number two, to the point of like, hey, taking darkness and transforming it into light. Mm -hmm. A lot of people um, like want to focus on good vibes and good emotions and all this kind of stuff. 
I agree. However, if life gives you anger, rage, sadness, you know, pain, it is still fuel that is useful, not forever, but for a time being, that can be the nitrous oxide that transforms your life. So instead of trying to escape from it, all of these negative emotions, feel them, embrace them, use them, embrace them and channel them, harness them. Like you're strapping yourself to a freaking rocket for transformation. So that way you can, you can achieve escape velocity from your current life Mm -hmm. because it takes momentum to break out of patterns, to break out of operating systems. And often you need you know, not often, you need powerful emotion. And that can be negative or positive. Use the anger, use the rage, use the grief as a reason to change. So those are my two like last insights. Oh, that, those are amazing. And, and I'll just kind of throw in two books, actually. And the reason why I share this is because like maybe someone will get something out of it. And what you're talking about, um, I'm sure you're familiar with David Goggins, but in his book, um, I forget what it's called. Can't uh, hurt me. Can't hurt me. He talks so much about that. And that's what he did. Everything that he went through when he was a kid up until when he went into the army, when he identified all that, he used all that as fuel. And nobody could hurt him. Nobody could touch him. No one could break him. So Can't Hurt Me, that's a really good book. And um, we talked about surrendering quite a bit. The other book I would recommend is um, Surrender Experiment. Have you read that one as well? Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Both fantastic books. Yeah, so those are just two books for whatever popped up. I feel like it was worth sharing. Maybe somebody hasn't read them and get something out of it. So let's leave it with this. Um, You didn't mention exactly where you're located. I know you're doing breath work and you're doing a lot of other things. So people want to check you out, follow you online. How can they do that? Where are you located and where are you um, facilitating breath work? Yeah, for sure. So uh, I've been in Salt Lake City, Utah for the past... uh, three years i'm actually going nomadic so i'll be everywhere i'll be in bali south africa everywhere i'll take these practices with me um yep so that's starting in august but best place to reach out is on instagram uh you can add me on facebook but uh my instagram is jacob underscore t underscore kent i'm sure if this is uh, posted places we'll have the the direct link to that but reach out connect you want to talk about life you want to talk about story breath work pain, ayahuasca, sales, whatever, reach out, super friendly guy. So um, looking forward to talking to anybody that sees this. Yeah, beautiful. And maybe we'll chat again in like six months or a year or something. I'd be curious to know where your journey ends up, especially going on this nomadic ride. Um, You know, the whole premise of this, this podcast, create a life you love, right? And, you know, easier said than done kind of thing. But I think by exploring and trying new things, that's how we create a life we love. And sometimes what we choose to explore doesn't always take us in the right direction, but it always keeps us moving forward, right? And that's how we get there. So awesome, Jake, man. I appreciate you coming on. And uh, yeah, chat with you again soon. You bet, man. Take care.